You're listening to Inspired Caring, episode number 98. Hello, welcome to Inspired Caring. I'm your host, Michelle Magner. If you are caring for an older family member, this is the podcast for you. Each week, I bring insight, tips, inspiration, and strategies to help you care for the people that you love without losing yourself along the way. Having cared for both of my grandmothers, I've helped manage everything from hospital stays, households full of belongings, to navigating senior living and end-of-life care. And I've worked in senior living as a result of that experience, serving my residents and their families as they've been on this journey too. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Inspired Caring. Our teenagers and young adults need more support and resources than they currently have. I am so excited to share this conversation with Amy Peterson with you. She is the founder and owner of Believe, Breathe, Be. She's a quantum human design specialist, a mindfulness coach, Reiki healer, meditation teacher, and a motivator, writer, lifelong learner, mama of boys. She specifically has helped one of our daughters who is trying to navigate what it is she wants from life, the direction she's going, how to make some big decisions that she's having to make, and has been such a blessing to our family. She really has given our daughter some new tools and a way to empower herself, to advocate for herself, and just have a sense of calm in her life. I can't recommend Amy enough. She's amazing. She's a beautiful person inside and out. And I hope you enjoy this conversation. Okay, okay. here we are. Record. So I just have to hit got it. Okay. Recording. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So Woo-hoo. I'm here with Amy Peterson, who is an amazing mindset coach. And we're going to talk about multiple things today, but we were just talking about being out of our comfort zone and pushing ourselves a little bit. And I know one of the things that you have shared in the past is um, we may be having an emotion or a feeling in our body and it can be tied to different emotions. So like fear and anxiety and excitement can create a similar vibration in your body. Yes, actually, that is just what I was just telling Michelle, because I've never done this before. This is my very first like podcast being videotaped. And I was saying that there's a difference between like an anxiety that's like from something that you're excited about doing um, and a fear anxiety, that's something that you maybe shouldn't be doing. So it's kind of cool to pay attention to your body cues and like say, you know, it's okay to push myself if it's something that I'm really happy and excited about. So yeah, that's that's great. I love it. Well, I, we met at a retreat last year and Mm -hmm. you have subsequently coached one of my kids and others that we have referred to you. And I don't know if that's like you're niching in that direction, but certainly (laughs) you have a gift of communicating with young people, with young, young adults, teenagers. And I just think this is such an important thing to bring to the podcast because as people are caregiving, 
and helping aging family members, there's a solid chance they have kids too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, depending on where they are. And I just, I think that things are impacting our young adults more than either we're realizing or what we know how to handle. And also want to weave in your studying human design and you have some other certifications. So I guess just as our first question, our starting point, just what are your thoughts about some of the key things that young people are facing right now that are giving them angst? Awesome. Yeah. First of all, I just want to tell Michelle, thank you so much for inviting me onto your show. This is super fun and exciting for me. Um, It's so funny that you say, you know, niche as the teenagers, because I have a funny story. When I first got pregnant with my son, I freaked out because I was like, how am I going to take care of a teenage boy? You know, of course, I'm not even like, you know, he's just in my belly, hasn't even come out yet. But um, it's so funny that now that is the group I'm most comfortable with. And I really do love the teenagers. I, and, you know, even the younger set, you know, like junior high and that age too. Um, but I started this um, business, if you want to call it that, like it's going to be a year, February 22nd. So I'm a newbie, like <laughs> this is all pretty new. Um, and I originally was just super excited about teaching people um, all I had learned about mindfulness and meditation and um, how much it had changed my life as far as changing my overall health in my body, um, mm-hmm. just how I process information and everything that goes along with that. Um, and through the process, as I started seeing clients and I started teaching intro to mindfulness classes, that's when I started to feel the real draw to that um, teenager, young adult group. Mm. Um, And I think it's because they're so impressionable at that age and so looking for guidance. Mm. Um, And we live in a world that is super tough on everybody. But if you think about it, it's, it's extra tough on the kids. So that's why I feel so strongly pulled to that age group. And I agree with you. I think we, we don't give them enough credit for uh, knowing who they are or what they want. And then we're also really hard on them for not knowing what they want and what they want, you know, where they want to go. And there's just a lot of stress. And if you have Mm -hmm. parents that Mm -hmm. are working or in that caregiver role and, um, I'm a well-intended parent, I, you know, but I also know that there are times when, my plate is full and I'm distracted and I have my career and caregiving and other things that I'm involved with. And just as a parent, I, I also experience guilt, not showing up for kids in a way that they need. Yeah. Yeah. But what, what are your thoughts on what areas do you feel like you're hearing from teenagers and young adults that they're feeling the most um, stressed? I would definitely say it's the pressures from Mm -hmm. the outside world. So um, for me, I think about when I was in high school and we did not have the social media presence. We did not have the, you have to have a 4.0 GPA to get into college. You know, we didn't have the level of, we have to be in elite sports in order to get scholarships. And 
Um, the kids that I've been working with, the teenagers, I'm going to call them young adults. They're not necessarily mm-hmm. kids anymore. Um, I think they're just feeling so much pressure to be a part of that bigger outside world, but, but yet they're still learning and they don't know exactly what they want to do. And none of us do. I'm almost 50 and just now figuring out like what I want to do. So I think sometimes those kids feel an unfair pressure. Um, and I think it's, it's parents don't mean to, I don't think, um, I don't necessarily feel like they're trying to be putting this pressure on the kids. But unfortunately, because we all want our kids to do well and we want them to succeed and we have all these great ideas, um, I think sometimes we even well-intentioned may accidentally throw in some pressures, extra pressures that, that maybe make it harder. Right. And I, it's just such a natural topic of conversation. Like I have a daughter who's a senior, so it's so organic that when you're getting together with other families or people are coming to visit us, they're like, well, so what are you going to do? What yeah. do you want yeah. to study? And um, you know, with our oldest child, she's moving in a direction, but she's not, and she's interested, but like, we're not sure, like, well, where is it going to go? And we've tried to open up this concept of like, that's okay. We don't have to have it all figured out. Cause to your point, I just turned 50 and I feel like I'm just figuring it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I think the biggest key factor in, for me and in, in mindfulness in general um, and why I got involved in the quantum human design, which we can talk more about later, is that it comes from within. So mm-hmm. when you as a parent find your peace within, your kids will be just fine. And the kids themselves need to find their own peace within. It, it cannot be like attached to their parents. So um, a big part of what I always try to do when I'm sitting down with these teenagers is say, I don't want to hear what everybody else is telling you. I want to hear what you feel. How do you feel? And and so often um, we live in a world where we almost don't allow feelings. We almost say, oh, feelings are, you know, that's too much, or, you know, you're showing too much emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, when really, if we allow ourselves to get in touch with those feelings um, and not let them control us, but let us, you know, really feel into them, they can give us such amazing insight into you know, why maybe we're feeling or acting the way we are. So um, it's funny because I think, honestly, if I were to tell parents a better way to help their kids, all these kids I'm interviewing, um, or not interviewing, but seeing, is um, they just need to step back a bit. (laughs) I mean, most of the time. Um, Not as far as like, you know, being involved and hearing what they have to say, but more as like telling them what to do or how to do things. Um, I think that that's what makes the kids feel so overwhelmed is they, they're trying to figure it out themselves and they have so many different ideas. The teachers are saying this, my coach is saying this, mm-hmm. um, you know, my mom's saying this, my aunt's saying this, and they just, they feel lost. Well, and it's interesting because even as an adult, you know, if I have this barrage of influences and uh-huh, um, uh-huh. people who are trying to inform me about something, you really yeah. start to lose track of who you are yeah. and what it is you want. Yeah. It's really about listening. I mean, that's kind of what we all need, honestly, mm-hmm. is just to hear ourselves maybe say something. Um, it's a great way for teenagers, I think, to be able to find their path is just by listening. Like, 
tell me more, like, and not offering any advice, not offering any, you know, you know, you have to do it this way. This is the way I did it. Mm -hmm. Um, But just hearing what they really want and and honoring what they really want. Right. So So it's listening and then it's willing to hold a space for them as they are feeling an emotion as opposed to trying to get them to brush it off or. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the teenage years are years where there's a lot of big emotions happening um, for lots of reasons, hormones one, but you know, I think when we try to stamp it down and don't let them go through that natural progression of what's normal for their development, Mm -hmm. then it's sometimes like we pull them back and hold them back a little bit. And they need this process of finding themselves. They need to get really upset when they have a breakup. They need to get, you know, mad about a friend who said something bad about them. They need to feel that feeling and learn how to move through those feelings. So um, I'm not saying as a parent that you don't um, ask them questions, you don't find out, because that's just, that's especially what you need to do is just listen and and right. be interested in their life. Um, I'm saying more of just allow them to have those feelings and to feel like they're lost. It's okay. And and maybe agree with them. Like, yeah, yeah. It really sucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. I, that's it's. It, I feel sad too that you're experiencing that. Is that would yeah. you recommend that? Yeah. yeah, I mean, so a lot of what I do when I'm teaching in a mindfulness session with the teenagers, especially. Um, is I'll kind of even teach them how to quiet the mind. So we usually do meditations and um, I'll gear it to kind of like whatever they may be going through. I usually ask them for some information about what their stressors are. Um, and so through that, I think the, the biggest part that I have found that helps with the, with the training your mind to calm it is that they've got so much going through their mind all the time. It's like, this, they call it the monkey mind, but it's like your mind is just racing all the time. Um, and we adults all struggle with this as well, which is why we're so like on top of trying to protect our kids because we don't want them to have it, but right. you can't take it away. It's just, it is what it is. So um, we start with some mindfulness, some, some meditation, just relaxation, um, get them into their body, feeling sensations in their body, um, teaching them about breath work, how to breathe in and out when you're in a moment that might feel overwhelming. Um, and then there's a lot of tricks and techniques that go into mindfulness that you can teach people. Um, just for example, STOP is one of the acronyms that I use a lot of times because it's really easy for the kids to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so S is you stop. T is you take a deep breath in and out. And then O is the big one, it's observe. So, so often when we're in a moment of fear, anxiety, we are like, I can't feel this. I can't, that's, I can't think about this. But really what you need to do is feel it, feel it in your body. I'm feeling scared right now. I feel it in my chest. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And then you say, and it's okay that I feel overwhelmed. Mm. And then you allow that to pass by and then you can proceed with whatever you're doing. So it's simple little like, tricks like that that can help them calm down and calm their racing mind kind of in the moment. And I think that's so important because one of the things that we've talked about in our house um, are obviously drugs and alcohol. And I think, you know, there's the 1980s version of like peer pressure and all of that stuff. But I think our kids are 
in pain. And I think they're upset and conflicted and they're struggling to manage. So what I feel like is happening is there's a decision to kind of numb out. Yeah. I think I'm going to just probably make people think I'm crazy here, but I think that instead of huge punishments around children who are struggling with those kinds of things, it needs to look more like why let's talk about it. Obviously something is going in your life to make you feel like you need a lot of extra. Now there's the normal type of behavior that teenagers and especially college age kids, I mean, engage in. Um, but I think that when we become so like accusatory and like mm. they're running, they're going to be like, uh-uh, I don't want to talk to mom. She's just going to yell at me. Um, and I feel like if we really want to help our kids, then we need to have open dialogue. Right. I'm not saying that means that they get away with murder. I'm just saying, how can we really listen instead of yell? Right. Maybe that's the first thing we do is listen. So um, one thing that I'm passionate about as well is the idea of helping work with parents in understanding maybe ways to relate to their kids and realizing that if they're struggling, it might have more to do with them than the kids. So if you're struggling with your own self-worth and you're believing mm. and people pleasing everybody around you all the time, and your kid is the one who you think has to look and do perfect because, well, everybody around me is going to see them not doing it right. And then they're going to blame me as a parent. Um, the problem really is more in your own self-worth. And when you find your own self-worth, then that will, that will carry over onto your. This is so powerful. I just did a Facebook live on this last week. Like your children are watching you. You, we talk a lot about when our kids are toddlers, they're just little sponges soaking it all up, but your teenagers are watching you too. Like, how are you managing your stress and how are you providing self-care, taking care of yourself and they're potentially emulating, you know, yeah. if, if your yeah. tying went on on the weekend, yeah, you know, yeah. why yeah. wouldn't kids be doing yeah. too? Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, the more I have gotten into and started learning more about the self and the importance of knowing who you are and knowing your identity, um, the more I realize the importance of how everything comes from that, everything comes mm-hmm. from within. So like the more you're able to get in touch with yourself, the better your child is going to, you know, engage with you because you're no longer having these expectations of them. You're just there to unconditionally love them, which is really what your job is anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes we forget that kids are people just like us. They're their own people. And sometimes I think we we think, oh, we have to control them. We have to tell them everything and maybe, but what if they have something to teach you too? And you're too busy trying to control everything that they do that you don't hear them, you know? Oh, so that's so powerful. Just, yeah, just really important to listen and, and maybe not judge. Maybe like you yourself as a parent in that moment, use that stop technique, say, no, take a deep breath. I'm going to observe the situation. I'm feeling fearful that I'm a bad parent right now. Mm. And that's why I'm reacting this way. And maybe, maybe it's okay. And I can just allow that feeling, but I don't need to push it off onto my son or daughter. 
because that's not going to help them. So, right. Because ultimately yeah. that's what we want is we want our yes. kids to feel supported and like their mental health is important yeah. as well. Um, yeah. And so human design is one of the ways that you are helping people really unpack who they are, right? Yeah. Identify yeah. themselves. So, so tell me more yeah, about it's that. So crazy because I'm not one, I'm not one to do one thing at once, apparently, because I started this, you know, as a mindfulness meditation coach, because that's what I knew. Um, and as I got into it, I learned some more things um, and had somebody introduce me to quantum human design. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'll check it out. Um, checked it out and was like in love immediately. Mm -hmm. So I am now a quantum human design specialist. I went through training to be able to study this and do this. Um, I'm going to say it's been one of the most complicated things I've done because I, um, part of what this is, is some astrology, um, which I know sometimes people hear that and they go, oh no, I'm not going to believe that. Um, I maybe might've been one of those people before I truly started understanding how much of our world and mm -hmm. our past, um, the stars helped so many people in hundreds of years ago, just decide and define how to do things. And, um, and so I'm learning now to like, give it a lot more scientific credit than I did before. Um, but basically quantum human design or human design, it's kind of like a glorified personality test using your astrological information. So um, instead of just getting like, say, oh, I'm a Cancer, or you're an Aries or whatever that is, um, it is a much deeper level of, of understanding of who you are. So what I love about this so much um, and what I've loved so much about using it um, with, the, with my kids mm -hmm. um, and why I think I'm so drawn to it specifically, um, when you understand your child's type, um, there's all kinds of stuff that goes into this, but basically it kind of helps give you an idea of, well, maybe how did they do things? Mm. Um, how did they show up in the world? How can I, you know, guide that and help that? Um, I have had an amazing like experience with my own family, my kids and my husband, mm -hmm. just understanding this, these simple facts about who you are and who you like are meant to be in, in, it's not like we're not um, influenced by our parents and we're influenced by our genetics and we're in influenced by, you know, grandparents and everything else right. that all plays a role in who we are and why we are the way we are. But I think down deep within our core, I think there's a part of us that just is a certain way. Like, mm -hmm. I love to talk. I am a talker. Mm -hmm. um, my husband would choose not to talk as much as I am. Um, that doesn't mean one of us is better than the other one. It just means this is something I was gifted with, you know? Right. Um, and so I think when you can understand maybe your teenager's human design, it can be an amazing gift to you to teach you, oh, okay, they're this type of learner. They're this type of um, individual. This is why they do the things they do. Um, I'll give you an example because it's kind of a confusing the whole process is kind of confusing if you've never heard of it. So, um, for example, one of my children is um, something called a projector. It's a bit more of a unique type of a personality type. Mm -hmm. I'll use that word in this um, in this reference. 20% um, of the population, so it's not as common. Okay. Um, the rest of my family are all something called a generator, okay? So the Everybody else? Between, 
Well, I'm a manifesting generator. Okay. And so is my son, but my husband, but we're all the same basic way that we process information. So okay. generators have extra energy. We can go and go and go. I could like do a hundred things at once and not be tired and be totally fine with that. Um, my one son who is different from us does not have that kind of energy. Mm. Um, and this is the way that the program helps you understand yourself and understand other people. So for him to try to do the same amounts of things as my husband and I would not be right for him right. and would make him feel inadequate. It would make him feel like he wasn't enough. Well, dad can do a hundred things I should be able to, but he wasn't designed that way. And so I feel like just adding this little aspect into helping teenagers understand, no, that's a gift. That's amazing that that's how you were brought into this world, you know? Right. It's, I think it gives them a sense of, yeah, I know that about myself and I love that about myself. And so I'm going to go forward, not, no longer thinking that that's something that's wrong with me. Well, and that would also give the parent the perspective of not expecting something yes. different yes. of their child or yes. having frustrations yes. with them for not being exactly. a certain way. Exactly. So there's different, there's so much more to this. We'll never be able to talk about it all in here, but I'm very passionate about eventually um, teaching a parenting by design class. And so I would teach parents after they gave me, you know, we found out information about their children. I would teach them based on their specific child, the best ways to maybe go about parenting each one of these different types and what might be most beneficial for that type. So if you have somebody that's a projector like my son, they love to be invited into things. Come join this idea. How do you feel about this idea? That's super important to them. Um, if you're with somebody who's um, like me, a manifesting generator, they might pop from one activity to the next to the next, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they have to sit and finish the puzzle. Maybe you let them go read a book, go back to the puzzle. It's great. That's the way they're supposed to interact. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like the more I'm learning about this, the more I see the benefits in, in tying it into teaching you to love yourself, teaching you to stop and take a deep breath and be mindful of who you are and who you're meant to be. So that's it's like, um, what does Tony Robbins talk about? Something self-accept, radical self-acceptance. Yeah. Oh, no, it's Burning yeah. Man. That's like the whole idea of Burning yeah. Man. That's, yeah, but it's really yeah. self-acceptance. And yeah, it is. accept yourself. It's helpful to have these tools yeah. and resources to kind of help you unpack who you are. Yeah. And I think that also another big part of this, what I've been working with with the teenagers is setting boundaries. Like this is who you are. If somebody is expecting you to be something else, you get to set a boundary and say, no, I don't have the capacity or the energy for that. And this is who I am. So I'm going to stand my ground and say, this is what's right for me. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, we live in a society where I feel like boundaries just get thrown out the window and we're just like, we're supposed to do it all and be it all. And right. um, that's not okay for anybody. We're not meant to be at all. So well, I feel like- yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to feel like I, I said, I, I feel like when we get back into our true self and who we are really meant to be, and we love ourselves for who we are. Um, uh, that was a big learning curve for me about setting boundaries. And I think that's a big thing for these teenagers too. A hundred percent. And as family yeah. caregivers, we're always pushing out our boundaries and exactly. oftentimes 
it's our kids who are getting the brunt of that when mm-hmm. our boundaries, like maybe we had intended to do something with or for our child. Yeah. And yeah. as a caregiver, now we're pulled in a different direction yeah. because yeah. And we feel guilty. We're caught in the middle, but yeah. oftentimes yeah. we're like, well, I'll have to just deal with the kid later. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we make the decision, which yeah, it's not a place from a place of judgment. It's just again like that observation. Yeah. Exactly. That boundaries yeah. are so important. Yeah. I think um, I was thinking about this and, and you know, because I knew we were going to be having this conversation. I was thinking, you know, I did run charts on my parents um, and I did. That, that was helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody processes information and does things differently. Mm-hmm. And it's not wrong. It's just because that's the way they do it. And I think we get so caught up in thinking, well, there's this way to do it, or this is the right way. Um, but really, it's a, if you come from a place of non-judgment, then each one is just working from the place that they have the most information that they have. So it's a really forgiving place to be. And I think as our parents and different generations, different ways of doing everything, parenting, doing things, um, I'm sure you experience this as you're working with people and their parents. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's really when you love yourself and you're, play, you're coming from a place of non-judgment, I think the boundaries are healthy. Mm-hmm. I think it creates a place of non-resentment instead of, you know, when you're working with your parents. I, I feel like, like if they understand your boundaries and you're no longer resenting them for taking over your boundaries, mm-hmm. your relationship will be that much healthier. So. Absolutely. And to think, um, you know, I often say we're operating at the speed of information. Yeah. So if you know better, then it is possible for you yeah. to years and yeah. do better. And it's the whole oxygen mask on first. And yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. Sometimes your kids are going to have to exercise a boundary with you. And yeah. you may not love it, but they're putting their oxygen mask on first. Yeah. And yeah. I think that needs to be really be celebrated. I think so too. I wish that was something that were more celebrated. Um, but like I said, we are coming from a place of just the parents themselves are really dealing with their own stuff and they're maybe mm-hmm. not in the best place themselves. So I don't believe that they're coming from a place of wanting to control or hurt their child, it's more just they're so feeling maybe lost within themselves that they aren't quite sure what they know. So um, I, I do think that's why it's a good idea for some of the teenagers and young adults to remember that, yes, we honor our parents, we love our parents, but they don't know everything. And they, they don't know you. And you know you. So if you really don't want to play basketball or whatever it is, it's okay for you to say, you know what, mom, dad, I really don't want to play. Mm. I, I know that. you played yeah. in college and I know it was a big deal to you, but I really don't like it. Yes. Yeah. I hope that this conversation will open up conversations in people's homes where yeah. parents can just look around within your family and ask yourself, are we, are we doing okay? And if it feels like things are not aligned or are off track, um, opening up the dialogue with your kids and then ha- and creating a safe place for them to say, 
to your point, like, I just don't want to play basketball anymore. But also, I think just, I love the idea of just agreeing on some baseline language that kids can feel safe to use with their parents, where the parent will know I have to back off. Yeah. So, and I don't know what that language can look like. Maybe it's, I've got this, or I love you, mom. Um, I'm working on it or I'm sorting it out. I don't know what it is, but I'm hoping that we can have some dialogue with our kids where they can feel empowered. Yeah. And I think it's pretty easy because it really doesn't matter what the child says if the parent is really listening, because they'll be able to speak from their own truth of whatever their words are for themselves. And as long as the parent is coming from a place of non-judgment, it, they won't receive it poorly. I, I would love for more parents to be vulnerable and be able to say, oh, I didn't know that hurt you. I am so sorry that I said it that way and that that hurt you. I was wrong to say it that way. Let, I'll, I'll think about that and I'm going to try to do better. Like I think is so often parents are like unwilling to admit they can do anything wrong. And we all as humans do all kinds of things that are wrong. And all our kids need is for us to admit we don't know everything either. That's just the truth. Yeah. And and we do things unintentionally, obviously. Like I had put, uh, I did a Facebook Live about discomfort as a currency for success. Like be willing to have an uncomfortable conversation for a couple of minutes for a longer term outcome. And sure enough, shortly thereafter, one of my kids called me and said, by the way, when you said X, Y, Z to me, I found that really hurtful. And it caught me off guard. I was, I was very delighted that the, that they called and said that to me. Um, But it did catch me off guard and took, it took me aback. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's willing to be uncomfortable for a few minutes to share her experience. It's amazing because the tiniest, the tiniest bit of you just listening instead of getting defensive when she said that probably gave her such an amazing sense of herself and that it's okay that she speaks up for herself. Like think of the world we live in here. And especially with these girls, we need to teach them to speak up for themselves. They should be saying what's okay and what's not okay. Or they could potentially get themselves into a lot of trouble. I mean, everyone really, boys in general too. But I'm just saying like, let's stop teaching our kids that they shouldn't speak up for themselves because they really should. Well, absolutely. And our to your point, our boys too, right? Like I yep. want my son to feel like he can be vulnerable and express himself and say, I found that hurtful or that was really confusing, you know? Yeah. I really think that's so great. Well, I am so glad we had this conversation. (laughs) That was so fast. Is that an hour already? I mean, we're like (laughs) dipping into 35 minutes. We've just covered a lot of territory really quickly. I mean, do you have any final thoughts for people on just knowing that there's probably health stuff going on for family members? Um, there's multiple moving parts. Parents are stressed out. Kids are stressed out. Just Yeah. Um, 
overall, I would say we all need to just give ourselves just a little bit more grace. Like it has been a rough couple of years, honestly. And if it's been a rough couple of years for you as an adult, just think of how rough that's been for your kids. So let's like remember, you know, what that was like for those kids during that time. And let's give them some grace and a little extra time. Um, they may be a little bit behind in some of the development stuff that they needed to have happen because they were stuck in a house for six months. So mm-hmm. let's just remember like all of us to give each other just a bit more grace and a bit more time. And I really feel confident in, in that, that our world as a whole, when we start looking out for ourselves and each other, we're going to see a lot more light come into mm-hmm. like what's happening, I think, with a lot of stuff in the world. So. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh-huh. being on. We're going to yeah. put in the show notes um, some links so that people can find you. So, yep. I know there's going to be people that want to work with you. And yeah, that's awesome. Everything's on my website. So you okay. can sign up for one on one sessions for either QHD or just mindfulness meditation. Um, I do try to offer discounts always for teenagers. So that's like kind of part of my. MO kind of important to me so. because there are teenagers who are potentially yeah. paid themselves on their own yeah. yeah and especially like the college age kids and especially if they're working through some issues with their parents I feel like this is just um you know a way for them to be able to do this themselves if they need to so beautiful yeah well thank you yeah it's fun <laughs> <laughs> thanks Michelle